Abstract Athlete Podcast, a collision of art, sports, and science. Welcome, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Abstract Athlete Podcast. As always, we thank our listeners, our sponsors, for their awesome support. Remember, if you have any questions or comments, send it to info at theabstractathlete.com. Do not forget to listen to our new podcast on the Abstract Athlete Network, The Abstract Doctors with Dr. G and Dr. C. You can follow us on social media under The Abstract Doctors. And also remember to listen to One Man's Ethos podcast with Tony Mandrich. You can follow us at onemansethos.com and on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at One Man's Ethos. Also remember to check out Tony Mandrich on Instagram at Tony Mandrich. And you can also check out his awesome art at tonymandrich.com. Stop by our website, theabstractathlete.com for information on subscription boxes and on upcoming events and workshops. Make sure to follow us on all social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Really humbled today uh, as I got to talk with an amazing artist, a veteran, a Purple Heart recipient, and really an all-around great human, Michael Goodrich. I'm going to chat about his background, background and his military career. Also going to talk about his incredible artwork and what inspires him. Make sure to follow Michael on Instagram at tmgoodrichart. That's tmgoodrichart. Let's welcome Michael Goodrich. So, well, dude, thank you so much for doing this. Um, you know, like I've been, like I told you uh, on the, the text message, um, been wanting to schedule this for a while. So, um, like, really appreciate you doing this. And this is really, I mean, <clears throat> this is like totally, you know, open conversational stuff. Um, it's wherever you want it to go. This is your platform, man. <laughs> um, that's, I appreciate it, man. I, I'm really thankful to, to be able to sit here with you. Uh, I really appreciate uh, being able to uh, to just do uh, do art life with you whenever yeah. I get the chance, man. So I appreciate this. This is really great. Well, I, I think maybe, I mean, like, maybe just to start off, like, you know, I mean, I know who you are. I know, know your story. And we can get into the, you know, the deeper stuff, but like, like maybe just like start out like with who you are, where you come from. We don't need to talk about your SEC roots. We got... <laughs> <laughs> oh, <snap. laughs> I'm surprised. I'm surprised I didn't get any messages about that. when they, when they won that last year, we were, we were kind of hoping we would be playing you in that final there. And, and you're welcome for taking our quarterback. I just want you to know that that's fine. <laughs> So, but the, like maybe, um, you know, background and then we can get into how you got into art. Obviously, you know, I want to talk about your military background because you are a Purple Heart recipient, which I think, you know, is, needs to be acknowledged in such a great way because, you know, like you're not only a hero to the nation for what you did as, as, you know, an army sergeant, but you're like, you're a hero in how I think you present yourself as, as an artist and bringing forward like what you do now and your you know your creative activities but you know like even how you know like some of the background can be how did you get into art you know just all that stuff so like you know i riff away <laughs> well um 
hero is a heavy word, but, uh, uh, you know, um, I, uh, I don't know about all that, but I, I do, I do my best to, to try to, to be, uh, be worthy of the uniform that I wore and, uh, make, uh, the people who came before me, uh, proud, uh, and, uh, try to be, I always try to be an example for the, the young kids coming up behind me. Um, but, uh, as far as who I am, um, where I came from, I, I grew up, uh, I grew up in, uh, Louisiana and, and Virginia. So I split time in between those two States, uh, my whole, uh, childhood. Uh, I played, you know, team sports and I played football, basketball. Um, I ran, uh, I did, uh, pretty much if there was a ball or, or, <laughs> or running involved, you know, I was involved. Um, and you're a huge baseball fan too. I know we talked a oh, lot about that. Absolutely. I, when I was a kid, uh, my so you brother, had a good, you had a great sports year last year. You had your Washington nationals won the world <laughs> series and LSU won the national championship. They sure did. I did not let anybody live any of that <laughs> down either. I was all over the place. Everybody, everybody was, I have a bunch of, uh, friends who, well, who happened to be Alabama fans too. That's just wrong. That's just and wrong. I was, and they were always talking about everything during the whole year. They're talking about, well, if LSU is so great, then why aren't they ranked number one right now? Why and I was like, man, you don't even understand that poll. I was like, it's political. They don't like us. They're keeping us below. They, you know, I was, and whenever, whenever the, the poll really changed, whenever we played Georgia yep. and stomped them. Yep. And they were like, oh, yeah, I guess when you play the number four team and you crush them to death, you know, it's, maybe you do. I, I love your coach just because I can't understand a damn thing he says. He's like, <laughs> I, I just, I don't know. That guy cracks me up. He's like a cartoon character. And like that, I don't know how, how if you've never spent any any time down there, but that's a legitimate like. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's that is, that, that is the dialect. <laughs> yes. Yep. Sure is. Man, it's it's uh, it, when you get down there and the 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 Acadian and Cajun uh, you know dialects and, and way of life, man, that <laughs> it permeates everything. You'll have people that grew up uh, like in, in down you know downtown Baton Rouge, which is you know it's it's Louisiana, but it's not right. Right, right. <laughs> they, they will they'll. They'll somehow, uh, you know, start talking like that. Just whenever it's whenever it's time to go to an LSU game, that, it'll come out of them somehow. Right. <laughs> it's like the Boston accent. Everybody would be talking, and then all of a sudden, it goes into chowder. You know? And yeah, you know, exactly. Like, what just what just happened there? <laughs> it's some kind of it's a, it's some kind of like deep rooted thing it, it you, comes out when you get excited i guess do you still know. have family down there i do i do, do. Okay. I, I have uh, i have uh my dad he still lives down there and my sister and my nieces they still live down there yep um at one point it was you know when we all lived down there um uh, it was my my parents were uh school teachers and administrators so um we lived down there and my brother actually 
taught at the same school that that they did as well. Uh, so we have a lot of we, we have a lot of deep roots down there, um, but also here in Virginia, um, you know. The, so I've I have a lot of uh, you know strong ties up here as well. So um, I don't know. I'm like a I, I always uh, my wife makes fun of me and and gets angry at me sometimes because she's she says <laughs> she hates Louisiana because when we were kids when uh, you know teenagers I would always talk really good about it and <laughs> and uh, she was like well if you love Louisiana so much you should have gone back down there or whatever <laughs> and and she gets angry at me because she's like well I'm not from Louisiana so right. if you love Louisiana more than that then uh, I don't know what to tell you right. so right. <laughs> Yeah, I got. I gotta keep my. I gotta keep my Louisiana talk down a little bit. Right, 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 right. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Jacqueline. Yeah, <laughs> that was my bad. My bad. I think she's upstairs. She might not be able to there hear. You her. There you go. <laughs> well, I mean, and and so you moved up here, and then you like. So sports, sports was obviously and still is like a you know important component to your life. Um, and, and like, I, I guess like, so you joined the army like out right out of high school. I sure did. did you? Uh, okay. much to the dismay of, of a few coaches and, right. uh, uh, and, uh, my, my dad, my dad's a Vietnam veteran. So, and you know, you never want to see your kid join the military when you have been in and you know right. what that's like. So I'm, I'm pretty sure it was a, is a big shock to my dad. Cause I didn't tell him right. I just did it. Cause I didn't, I figured if I, if I told him he'd have a long speech for me and, and he'd, he'd convince me to, to do something else. And I, I felt at the time that, uh, uh, if, you know, other, other guys, my age were dropping what they were doing and they were enlisting, um, that I kind of, and I felt like, you know, I could always come back to athletics. I could always, you know, if you know, if I got in and and did time, I didn't. If I didn't end up liking it, you know, I I could get out. I could go back to school. Right. Um, but I felt that was I, I was a I was um that was my sophomore year was uh was when nine eleven happened. Um, and that was was that like a big like a big reason for you really considering that? It was the reason uh, that kind of solidified. I had always wanted to be in the military. Okay. Um, people were trying, people tried to convince me you need to go to school first, become an officer. You need to do this. Uh, you know, that way you have, you have more options if you, you go this way, but there was always something about being just uh, an enlisted um, soldier and, you know, becoming an NCO that always had an appeal to me, um, that I didn't, I didn't really want to be an officer. Um, was that, do you think that was part because of your, because of your dad's military background? Like, you know, you know, as kids, I think, you know, we always look up to our fathers, um, whatever they do, at least initially, you know, and uh, you think that was part of it? Like, do you have other, I think you you told me before you have other family that have been in the military, correct? I do. Uh, uh, my grandfather was a world war II veteran. Right. Uh, and he was an enlisted, uh, man. And he, uh, he worked on, um, 
uh, anti-aircraft uh, artillery. Uh, and I have pictures of him up on the wall down here in my studio in my workspace. Um, and I have, you know, all of his old uniforms. Okay. Uh, I, he, I actually, I got those from him. Uh, he left them to me when he passed away. Um, but when I was a kid, I, I would always, uh, I'd always watch, uh, old, you know, old war movies for on like Turner classic movies or AMC with, with him. Um, and, uh, you know, he never really told me anything. Uh, about the military until after I joined, right. but I always knew, you know, he would tell me funny stories and things like that, but nothing, nothing too serious about anything. Um, so it, him being, uh, my grandfather being a, a veteran, my dad being a veteran, um, I always, uh, that was something I'd always thought about doing, always really contemplated doing, um, and I think the the events that happened on 9-11 really just solidified in me what that, well, you know, that's what I'm going to do. So right. Right. Uh, I finished up my junior and senior year and uh, I graduated in June of 2004. And, and I, uh, so like June 8th, I think was my graduation date. I had enlisted by June 24th. Wow. Something like that. So, um, yeah, I, I, uh, I had a delayed ship, uh, because, uh, whatever reason, I don't know. Uh, I didn't ship out to basic training until, um, December or January of 2005. Uh, but then, uh, I went through, uh, training and then when I <laughs> like, uh, Three months after I graduated from basic training, I, I was uh, at uh, my, my workup getting ready to go on my first deployment. Um, so uh, I was I was in and out real quick. I went uh, <laughs> I, I went to basic, went to AIT. Uh, I uh, came back, uh, uh, went back to my unit and uh, or got assigned to my unit and um you know, immediately got, got ready to deploy and then deployed, um, from, uh, December of 05 to January of 07 to, to operation Iraqi freedom. So that was my, my first deployment there. Um, um, and after that, uh, that was, that was, uh, you know, I really, I really, uh, gained a lot of, uh, experience, gained a lot of, uh, I guess, uh, rough mileage yeah. <laughs> during that deployment. Um, uh, you grow up really fast. I think I was 19 years old, uh, when I, when I first got down there and, uh, I turned 20 while I was there and, um, you know, just really weird experiences, uh, as a, that you don't expect, um, whenever you, you know, it's, it's not a Hollywood thing. It's not, uh, I have a lot of people use that terminology, but it, it's true. There's, 
Yeah, you I remember. Know, I remember you telling me that, like, some almost that exact phrasing. This, you know, like the this is not this is not what's in the movies. Or I, I can't remember. You said something. You probably said the Hollywood thing, and you know, and I'm sure that that's actually got to be pretty intense for for vets to like see see movies or maybe even like not even see the movies but just to understand the difference between this and this i actually heard a a podcast with uh oliver stone in regards to um platoon mm-hmm. and because he was actually in in the service and he said that the, one of the big things is like he wanted to keep this as real as possible so you know um, but I like one of the things I like, I'm curious about is, is like, how, how did you get into art? Do you, were you always like creative beforehand? Like how, you know, like what was the, what was the shift or, you know, like, and, and like, like maybe we can start talking about that. Cause I do think, you know, like I use the word hero and I, and I, and I know that that makes you uncomfortable in some ways and, you know, and, but maybe like a better word is like, I think you're inspiring, and because I think anybody that that does these things, you know, both in a creative sense and an athletic sense and brings them together to kind of knock down these kind of stereotypical walls, that's that's inspiring. I think, you know, all the people that, you know, Chris and I always say that we're really lucky to be able to work with people like you, like a, like a Vernon Davis, like, you know, like from totally different spaces in the world that all this kind of comes together like really, you know, like really beautifully and, and how, how I do like think that it actually is an inspiration, not just for kids, because I think it's obviously it's important to inspire kids, but I think it's for adults. And, you know, like thinking about when we when we did that, that um, event last year with the flying squirrels and looking how, how people would look at your work. And then if they got to meet you to like, to, you know, like you can see like this, this, this it's almost like a light bulb going off for people, you know, like the, the, the metal worker yeah. guy who came up to me and asked me exactly. how I, did, exactly. I got the rest of it. that was that I felt really, really good about that because uh, I, I, you know, that wasn't something that I ever contemplated some, because I, I was so familiar with the piece right. working on it for a couple months. Uh, I never thought that somebody would look at it and think that it was accurate actually metal you know i thought right now and for it to be a you know a metal worker to, to say that that was really like wait what i did something there <laughs> yep. on. all right that's cool uh i i think as far as like uh always being like creative and stuff i i had always loved like uh like you know just doing sketches and um my mom was really good at like drawing things and she would always, uh, you know, uh, try to get me into doing, uh, doing certain things. Um, like in her classroom, I would help her. Like she used to have this old projector and she would get these, uh, computer printouts on like cellophane and, uh, we would put the projector on it and then draw it onto the wall and then, you know, I, we'd have a picture of it and we'd paint it on her, on her wall or something like that. Um, just for her classroom to make it look, you know, really cool. Um, but I, I, I'd never taken like a class and, as far as that, that kind of thing goes. I had never, 
classes are always cost money and we didn't have money when right. I was a kid, you know? Right. Um, uh, so I, I've never had any kind I've always been interested in stuff. I always thought art was cool. I always, I always wanted to, to learn about how to do things. Um, and growing up in, uh, around like new Orleans, uh, and in Baton Rouge, like especially down in new Orleans, there's art everywhere down there. Yep. Um, it's one of the and, most creative towns in, in the United States, probably it, in the world. Like it's, it, it, you have, well, and you have such a mashup of different cultures. You have like Caribbean culture down there, Spanish, French, yep. um, uh, native American culture down there. Like, uh, you have, a, and then you also have like a bunch of, of like Gothic European architecture and, yep. It's just, it's a crazy mashup that somehow works and, and you have no idea why it does, but it does. And it's, it's just, it's an amazing place to, to, I really wish I could explain this some, a better way. I don't know how, but, uh, when you see new Orleans for the first time as a child, you see something totally different because you don't in your head, you don't have this already developed thing of like, Oh, new Orleans is also kind of a dangerous city so <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> so like you know you see all these people playing music and stuff but you don't see like the other yep. the other aspects of it you know so you your eyes are so virgin to it you don't see people like sitting on and it's not so bad uh, now um but definitely when i was a kid like drug abuse and things like that were a big deal and uh, that was also in the art community down sure. there um, because New Orleans was such a big area, a lot of artists would come there to try to make it big, try to get into these big galleries and things. And it didn't always work out and they kind of hit on hard times, you know? Um, so that was always, that was something that I didn't notice as a kid, but I knew noticed later on, but going back to my original point, if, when you see New Orleans as a young kid, it is like this crazy magical place that, you know, there's art everywhere and you don't understand it, but it looks really cool. And there's people playing music and there's people from all over the world come to that town just to see and experience. Do you think, it. do you think that new Orleans like, in, like influenced you in terms of that, in terms of your creative uh, like interest? I think, it, I think it does absolutely because, um, it's it doesn't you you probably can't see the influence in like uh, there's not a lot of like uh imagery that really shows up in my artwork a lot of my artwork is is strictly like you know military artwork uh things like that um but it's definitely like the feeling that i would get when i would see the kind of artwork that was down there hear the music being played on the street down there is the same feeling I have when I'm creating. Oh, that's, uh, that's awesome. So it, it definitely, I definitely have, uh, have strong connections to that kind of stuff. I've, I definitely have a part of me that uh, always, always loves the, that, that idea whenever, uh, I got I got really excited when Disney came out with their movie, The Princess and the Frog. Right. Because like I could watch a princess movie with my daughter and be like, "Yeah, okay, this is cool." <laughs> yeah. Right. So, um, 
yeah, I, I, I definitely enjoy uh, uh, giving my wife grief about. She's she's only been down there with me once. Right, right, right. Um, but <laughs> she said that was one time too many. So, uh, <laughs> you know, right. I, I'll take. I, I'll have to force her to go back down there with there you me go. at some point. Probably in my in my twilight years, maybe she'll go back down there with me. Right. Well, we'll see. Right. Well, you're, you're, you definitely, and, and I think this is actually from your wife in some capacity, you mentioned Disney, but there is, you have a, a, a real interest in, in that style, the Disney style. Isn't that correct? I'm, uh, even, even like thinking about, you know, like you said, you do paint, well, you do different kinds of works. You, you know, the one piece we were talking about earlier at the Flying Squirrels game was more of a collage multimedia piece with you know yeah. things coming out of it and, and pvc and, and different stuff but you're also like a really talented painter and you know real realistic and but there's in that there's a there's a heaviness to the imagery but there's also this this kind of beauty that also has kind of almost a disney feel about it would you say i mean would you say that I mean, uh, it, it's influenced, I think. Absolutely. Um, because that's, I think you're heavily influenced about, uh, by the things that you put into your mind. Yep. Um, so I definitely have, uh, a lot of influence from, especially from like older, uh, Disney artists, um, that, that, you know, really, really, uh, like the Disney movies that they were popping out during, during the like sixties and seventies. Um, a lot of, you know, that's really, uh, uh, like, uh, the hand-drawn animation and things like that. I'm real, I, I, I like computer animation and things like that, the newer stuff, but there's just something about an artist sitting there and drawing. I think it's the, it's the discipline that I really appreciate. Right. And then, to sit there and draw the same character, you know, a thousand times in a different, in a slightly different pose than you did before and then film that. Uh, and to be able to do that so consistently and to, to that, you know, you can't, it seamlessly goes together and you can't tell the difference from where one, one image is from the other. Um, is that, that something you've ever thought about? like creating your own comic I've, of sorts? I've, uh, I've thought about it. I just, uh, I, I have been, I have actually have like, you know, research, uh, and books about, you know, how to do your own things like that. Right. that. Those are, th that would be a way for me to, to tell stories, right. Uh, about people that I knew in the military about, things that you know people that are important to me that i think a lot of people don't uh don't hear about you know yep. they you get a lot of stories about uh you know um you know famous people and athletes and and things like that which are great because those people are the people that uh they inspire youth to who are interested in those things to continue doing those things because there's always that chance that if you work hard enough, you're dedicated enough, you can reach that level. Um, but there's also a lot of stories that I think people miss out on about hearing about 
people who the normal who, people <laughs> they did I, they did they were they were normal people who were put into extraordinary circumstances and yep. then did extraordinary things and i think that if people saw stories like that they could realize that they are not superhuman they're not yep they're not special in the fact that they had something that other people are not capable of. Right. It's just that they tapped into it at the right time and made that a part of their life from that point on. Uh, however short their life may have been after that moment that they found it. Um, I think uh, there's a lot of, there's a lot of young people that could benefit from, hearing not just I, and I think the big part of it is is not just telling the story about this amazing thing that they did uh, while they were in uniform but telling the story about where those people came from to begin with yep. to see that the that's what a lot of people they really miss uh, I guess like in a comic the origin story in a comic book kind of thing you know they 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 miss they hear this great story about somebody did something amazing, very brave and courageous. And they think, Oh, well that person must've been something that I am not, but I think they need to see how people get to that point. Um, and that, that in and of itself, because a lot of these people, they went through some tragic things in their life before they even put on a uniform. Right. And a lot of times that's what caused them to put on that uniform. Um, you know, maybe they grew up, uh, they grew up in the foster system or they grew up um, living a hard life on the street and they grew up, you know, their parents were uh, drug addicts and things. That's a story of a lot of the people that I knew that I, I grew up in the military. Around. Right. Um, and, and I think that it just, it seems like a really interesting way because comics in so many ways are easy entries, you know, like, and, and when you're telling a tough story, like you're talking about, what a great way for people to like, understand somebody's story than to get in through it through that, you know, very accessible for everybody way to like, understand and, you know, like to tell a story. And because I, you know, that's one of the things you, you mentioned, like storytelling, and, and your artwork is very narrative in that sense. And so like just, you know, the paintings and the, and the, the multimedia works. Sure. And so like, I do, it would be interesting to see what would happen if you did start, you know, messing around with almost like, you know, I, I use the word comic strip, but something, something that does have, have the narrative play out a little bit, a little bit more, I don't want to say obvious, but a little bit more, um, to the point where, where your paintings are like, there's a narrative, but it's almost like we have to invent the narrative, which I actually like more personally, but that, right. that's my opinion. But a yeah. lot of people do like the storytelling component. Um, you know, again, more, more like animation or, or comics and absolutely. And, and, yeah. and I, I, I don't know, like, I just think because, because there is that influence from, from the Disney world, like, you know, like, uh, I potentially see some of that stuff coming out in your work at some point in time. Who else? Like, I mean, that like leads me to, you know, like a question and this can be anybody really, 
in terms of like influence or um, people you looked up to, it can be athletes, it could be artists, it could be your father, you know, it could be like anyone, um, you know, your drill sergeant, like what, whatever, but like, who are like some of the people that influenced you along your path and, and even currently? Um, man, uh, I, I've been blessed to have some very, uh, very strong, uh, leadership throughout my life. And I, 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 they're, they're like, uh, I'm trying to figure out the best way to say this. There, there's a, there's a big difference between, uh, I was actually talking with my wife about this last night. I was, there's a big difference between having a boss and having leadership. Right. And I very rarely in my lifetime did I ever just have a boss, you know, somebody who was there to say, do this and, and then get back here at this time. You know, right. I, I was very blessed to have uh, strong leadership from my coaches, from uh, teachers who didn't let me get away with, you know, garbage. <laughs> um, and, uh, and military leadership. I, I, there was a few that I, that, well, I, I'll say this. There was a few that at the time I wish I didn't have. <laughs> That's uh, a polite way to say it, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. And, but then, you know, as I grew older and as I became a leader as an NCO and training and leading soldiers, I realized that I needed those bad leaders to know what I didn't want to be. Right. And, you know, and that's a great way to say it. I mean, I think that's the same as, as coaches, like you mentioned coaches and it's like you, you figure out what your specific style is in terms of leadership or coaching or teaching or whatever mm -hmm. through the ones that, you know, that taught you. You, you want to know what really one of the, one of, this is somebody that I never, I never met them. I never, uh, I never had any like, you know, one-on-one -on -one conversations with them. They weren't a, a, a personal, like, in-person influence in my life but one of the biggest uh influences in my life in in sports and in other areas of my life uh believe it or not <laughs> was uh larry bird <laughs> so uh my dad loved the celtics growing up uh and i and when i grew up we we watched the celtics play um and i that was one of the big influences of me. Like he, to me, Larry Bird was always, uh, was always the hardest working guy on the court. Whenever he played, he, he made, he might not have been everything he did might not have been real pretty, you know? <laughs> Absolutely not. I, yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> but he was, he was like, he just did not let anybody outwork him, yep. you know? And I, that's one thing that I really grabbed onto when I was a kid and, and used it growing up is that if, you know, like when I played basketball, if there was a ball on the floor, I was going to get it. You know, if there was a loose ball, I was going to, 
my body was going to be on the ground going after that ball. And right. while that other person was probably going to just try to run to it, I was going to, I was going to make that person be like, Oh man, you know what? I didn't give more than he did. Yep. So I didn't get it. And I wanted to me, that was a mental part of the game that was like, Oh, this guy's prepared to do a lot more than I am yep. in order to win. You know, and that that's a psychological part of the game that I really enjoyed that I learned early on that was like, you can really mess with people and give yourself an edge if you just make them think that you're willing to that, do more. And it, it's under, I just had this conversation with somebody recently about kind of about that idea because I don't know that that can be taught, that I don't kind of mentality. It's like a want. And, you know, you can tell people about what it takes, but they have, they have to want to do that. You know, and, and it's, it's amazing. Like when, when it comes together, when it's the most talented, like a Michael Jordan, who's like probably the most talented person, but also has that, that want that outworks everybody. And like, when that comes together, it's just like, oh, okay. (laughs) This person's on an entirely different level. And he expects people to come to that level. Yep. He will not go down for you. You nope. have to be you. If you want to play, then you go to his level, or you at least hold on tight while he t- takes <laughs> off. Exactly. Did you yeah. watch that that uh, documentary, The Last Dance? I I didn't. I was. You have to watch that. It's pretty other people were watching it, and I was. You know, I was. I had other stuff going on, um, and uh, they were like, "Man, you got to watch it." So I, I really do. It's on my. It's in my queue. To, to be quiet, but everybody kept talking about it, and I was like, "Man, you guys gotta be quiet. I gotta watch." <laughs> <laughs> it's past the point of time. There's spoiler alerts have gone yeah, out the window at this true. point. It's yeah. true. I have to actively in like I have to actively avoid conversations where like, "Oh, did you hear that thing where they were talking about?" And I was like, "Ah, <laughs> I like carry on. I'm going this way." <laughs> but it's it's you've you know like. I'm a huge LeBron fan because, you know, I'm an Ohio guy and, and I still to this day think he he might be the goat. And if he wins this year, like, you know, I'm going to start really putting, putting him up that ladder even more. But when you go back and watch Jordan, because I just think we forget how unbelievable he was like just on, he was just on a different level and, and you also you have to look at some of the teams that that Jordan played against too. Yep. Because you you got teams like the Pistons with Isaiah Thomas oh, yeah. and Dennis Rodman. Those guys were some of the most physical yep. basketball players ever. Lambeer. And they were all on the same team. Yeah. Lambeer, the clothesline. Yeah. I mean my gosh, they, and you know, if you played in Detroit, it was all gonna be. It, it was just gonna be, happen. That was what it was gonna be like that night. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. It was a wrestling match, not a not a basketball game. I mean, it's yeah. a different game. I and I, you know, thinking about because I, I was watching some sports, uh, one of those talk shows yesterday, and it, LeBron is in his seventeenth year, and he's yeah. still the best player playing. It's insane because. Jordan was done by the time I, well, I think he quit after his 15th year and his body yeah. had just, you know, kind of fallen apart. LeBron is still like as athletic. Well, he's probably not as athletic, but uh, you just don't see a big drop in his performance. So it's just crazy. Um, 
Wanted to take a quick second, make sure to check out Michael on Instagram at tmgoodrichart. That's T-M-G-O-O-D-R-I-C-H art. Make sure to listen to our new podcast on the Abstract Athlete Network, The Abstract Doctors with Dr. G and Dr. C. You can follow us at theabstractdoctors.com and on social media under The Abstract Doctors and the One Man's Ethos podcast with Tony Mandrich. You can follow us at onemansethos.com and on social media under One Man's Ethos. You can also follow Tony on Instagram at Tony Mandrich and check out his amazing photographs at TonyMandrich.com. Now back to Michael. No, I, just, I, I like like thinking about how that, you know, what we're talking about, about the want, you mm-hmm. know, because I, I take that same, I, I'm, I'm a grinder, I think, kind of like what you're talking about. Like I, you know, I'll go hit baseballs till my hands are bleeding or whatever, or go shoot basket, you know, like that's how I was, was built. And I take that same mentality to an art studio. Uh, I just don't like people are not going to out. I think I take that to my life. I just, people are not going to outwork me. Um, that doesn't yeah. mean I'm going to be the best at anything I do. Um, I think I get better at things the more I do stuff, um, which is part of the idea of practice, you know? Um, sure. but I, I, I just take that same approach of just a grinder. And I mean, do you think you take that to your artwork as well? Like I, I get the feeling that you do because I, you know, in some of our conversations, in terms of how hard you work at certain things in your artwork, do you feel I, that? I that's I think I do because I don't know any other way to do things. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, uh, I I can do like I, I also one another big uh, big influence in my life uh, was Pete Maravich. Ooh, so. Yeah. I, he was very much the finesse player yep. and he was very much the thinker. And so I am, I have taken those two uh, ways of, of, of life of playing and, and uh, put them together uh, because I see the value in having both of them. Uh, so what I, I definitely, uh, I definitely have a lot more, I, I lean heavily on the tendency to just slug it out and, <laughs> right. and until I'm until I've reached the point where I can do something with that finesse touch with that, you know, the little finger roll, you know, right. that I think that that's, I think that's my, my uh, recipe for success uh, is like, I'm just going to get out there and I'm going to, I'm going to beat everything into the ground until I can do this with ease and where I can feel comfortable doing this without even having to think about it. Yep. And then I rely on that finesse type thing. Um, as far as my artwork, I think is the same thing. Like I will sit down and uh, at a canvas, especially early on when, I, you know, I, a lot of people, I guess, don't really know how I got into really doing art like this or somebody's, sending me messages um you know i got into really doing art heavily uh through art therapy through the military um 
I had a really amazing art therapist that uh, really challenged me and um, really opened my eyes to to how uh, I could use art over talking to someone. Um, but I think uh, going back to what we were saying that the I I really did uh, enjoy certain aspects of it. Um, but I never really thought about how that would help me improve my life. Yep. And once that. It's interesting. And then to think back, I mean, I'm the same way. It's just like, I wish I would have known these things when I was younger, even though I was always a kid that did art personally, um, in school and stuff, but just to even think about it in the same terms that I thought about sports. Like if I would have done this every day, like how I would be a different person, even though I think like at this point I am a different person because of art and I do practice it for its therapeutic thing. Like that's the thing is like, it's interesting that you did get in back into it. Cause again, like you said, you, you came from a creative space growing up, but you got back into it because of therapy. But now I think there's obviously the therapeutic element, but it is also like, it's also a storytelling storytelling element which again goes back to your interest in, um, in Disney and stuff. And so it's like, it's like, it's becoming this perfect kind of smashed up stuff of who you are. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, it's, uh, I think going back to, to, I think you, you had said something before. Um, but, uh, when, I think if, if, if I could tell somebody right now that was of the same mindset that I had, that didn't really take it seriously at first glance, because, you know, I was all about like, like the tangible thing, you know, yeah. training, do that. Like I need to be able to handle this. I need to be able to figure out a way through this, uh, you know, using my methods, using the things that I know that, that work, you know, um, not really, thinking about, well, they, you know, your methods might not work about, you know, with <laughs> right. that stuff. but I think what discourages or, or people have this, this idea that, um, they have preloaded in their head. They're like, well, I'm not, I'm not, I don't draw. I can't draw. I can't yeah. paint. I don't know. And I'm like, <laughs> part, part of me is like, well, you know, you couldn't do anything that you can do now until you tried it and ah. practiced it. So you can take that and you can just throw it out the window because <laughs> it's, it's irrelevant right. and that's an excuse. And the other part is, is to try yep. everything. Yep. Do everything. You might not be good at drawing or painting, but you may be good at ceramics yep. or sculpture. Or All of us are creative. Like All of us. Yeah. It's just find, find what you, that outlet is you got to jump in and just do everything you can and not just do like, Oh, I'll try. I tried this, but I didn't like it. You know? Uh, Okay. Do the next thing. Yep. I think that there's, I think that there's a certain, like, I think you were kind of touching on it, but I think there's a certain kind of fear about being, being an artist. And, And for you and I, like probably growing up in athletic worlds, you were kind of shamed in some ways, you know, like yeah. you're the, you're the tough athlete. You can't be doing creative stuff. Cause that means you're a wimp or something. And yeah. I think those things are changing. Like I think that a lot of athletes are really coming out and talking about mental health 
in sure. a great way and talking about creativity in a great way. So I, I do think things are changing, but I agree, Michael, like it's, I get this all the time as, as a teacher and, and, and through the, the abstract athlete with stuff. When we talk to people, I get this, well, I don't even know how to draw a stick figure. And yeah, and that's, which is kind of what you like, we're touching on. And, and I'm like, well, then don't draw a stick figure. Like, what yeah. are you interested in? Go outside and take a picture, go, you know, like go th just throw paint around. It doesn't have to be something. It can mm -hmm. be the experience of something. Uh, and so it's just, it is getting, you know, and I like it's with people like you that really help to get people to understand that it's, this is a good thing. Like this is good for all of us as, as humans. And that, you know, it, it's, it's, it's actually kind of fun because I do think that things are changing. So it's nice to actually see how people are adapting and adopting these practices into their routines now. I think that if more people, and, and that's why it's, it's always been important for me to get other veterans involved in arts. Um, uh, I have um, a friend of mine that's he's a like a he's a, a regional. Uh, I guess he's. I'm trying to remember what his title is. He's like a regional director um, for uh, the organization Creative Vets, okay. and he lives in Chicago. And they do uh, stuff for that you know specifically for veterans so it's a tar it's a very targeted group right. of people but he he's he came through the same way he, that i did uh he he was enlisted uh he was a marine uh uh sniper and he now he goes to uh <laughs> he goes to art school in chicago you know That's and awesome. he's he's doing he's doing his thing and um but he's also taking his time to do stuff that's helping others that you know, are just like us, that, you know, we were combat veterans who needed, needed a new way to do life. And this is another, this is what it ended up being for us, you right. know? Um, and, but he's a perfect example. Like, like, like you were saying earlier, it's like, I can always go back to school. Like he's a perfect example of like, he got, he went through, all of his stuff. And now he's like, he's back in school doing what he wants to do. And, yeah. and that, that's, I mean, that's a perfect example of what you were talking about earlier. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I think that's the thing that the, uh, uh, there, there's a, there's a kind of a phrase that comes with, uh, uh, a certain kind of training in the military that, that says you need to, you need to be, uh, you need to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Yep. And I think that that has that, that sounds like a really simple phrase, but I think that in order to really, to really become good at, at anything or, or to even like get your foot in the door to a point where you want to stay. And like we were talking about having that want to the wanting to do something. Yep you need to be willing to be uncomfortable first. And I think you learn a lot about yourself when you put yourself in a situation where you're not in control and you're uncomfortable. Yep. Um, and there's something like that, that is like really poetic to me and because it, it falls into something that I talk about with art. 
because there's a vulnerability yeah, absolutely. Being an artist, whether it's internally vulnerable that you're actually, you know, like really dealing with stuff or whether you hang artwork at a show. You know, we mm -hmm. talked a little bit about that, you know, putting your work up and having other people look at it and comment to you, like name something else where that happens. You know, yeah. like that's like super vulnerable and people don't want to be vulnerable a lot of times. So that that what you just said about get comfortable with being uncomfortable. I think that's like so important because putting yourself out there, sometimes it's going to suck, but man, like at the end of the day, it's so rewarding. Yeah. It's so rewarding. Like really starting to understand yourself, understanding how the world sees you, understanding how you see the world, like that, all that stuff I just think is <clears throat> so important. Yeah. And that, I think that's where a lot of people are going to, I, if more people would get involved, I think they'd a lot more people would find their find their uh, self confidence. Yep. I think, especially, you have people that have that were you know premier, you know performers and whatever their field is, something happened and now they're not. Yep. That you have a, I, I took a severe confidence hit whenever I got hurt. When I, you know you you catch shrapnel from a rocket and you can't you gotta you gotta learn how to walk. Yep. You got to learn how to talk again. That'll shake your confidence a lot. Absolutely. And it did. It totally did. Um, you know, I was laying in a hospital bed and my face was, you know, I had tubes coming out of my face because, you know, I had shrapnel that just destroyed my jaw. Um, <clears throat> they, uh, it was so swollen. I couldn't talk, you know. Uh, I had shrapnel that was all the way down the right side of my body and I had wound vacuums that were stuck onto my body. You know, I wasn't walking anywhere. I wasn't able to talk. I was just simply laying there and it was me and myself inside my head. Yep. Um, and that was a very uncomfortable experience. So. And you dealt with it. I mean, that that's. And you have to, or or you, you have to deal with it or you die. Maybe not in a physical sense. Maybe it's physically survivable. But if you, if you mentally check out, it's going to take a whole lot more hard work to get you. It, somebody else has to put in effort to get you back out of yourself. Um, because if you mentally check out and you go deep, there, you're, you're going to have to, if you mentally check out, and you you go so deep that <clears throat> you that other people don't even know how to help you. Um, it's going to take somebody special, and it's going to take and and you're going to have to have to really want to hang on because I, that's that's one thing that I've I haven't I haven't dealt with um, in myself. I always I always want I tried to get back to my unit when, when I got hurt. I tried to do to get better. Uh, I tried to get as 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 close to to back to where I was like peak performance as I could. Uh, there was just physical and limitations that really kept me and residual effects from the injuries that I, I wasn't able to go back to the job that I did before because that job relied heavily on. Uh, I, I had a very mental job too, but it relied heavily uh, on your physicality and your ability to to perform in, in, on the battlefield. So that, 
that was another part of it that kept that really hit me hard. Is and that I learned being able to do the thing that you wanted to do. I had I had to I had to learn to accept that I was not going to be doing that anymore. Right. And then and I didn't have a choice about it. You know, that's that's when it's hard. So whenever uh, sometimes you, you, you do something and you train and you train and, and you just don't quite reach that point that you wanted to be. Right. You know? But in my in my instance, from my injury, I had reached a, a level that I wanted to be at. And there were higher levels that I wanted to go. Um, but something completely out of my control took any of that progression away from me. And that was something that I had to really learn how to deal with too. Um, and I think the part that really helped me was being, being able to understand that I, there were other things for me to still do. I still had, an opportunity to do something and it didn't, I didn't, I didn't come to that conclusion right away. You know, I, there were times where I was really depressed. I was really angry. Um, there were probably, I, I, I can't give you uh, uh, specific instances, but I can guarantee if you got Jacqueline on here, she probably had a lot of stories <laughs> about, you know, Oh my gosh, he was so difficult to live with because I still am difficult to live with probably, but, <laughs> <laughs> then I was like, you know, right. man, especially when I was undiagnosed and untreated for things. Right. And man. Um, but I, th- I think that you have to be willing to, uh, you gotta be willing to work on yourself. Yep. And that's the first thing I think nobody else can help you until you're willing to help yourself kind of deal. Absolutely. Um, but it's, it goes yeah. back to that vulnerability part. I mean, like what you're doing right now is very vulnerable. Like you're allowing yourself to talk about past issues and, and things you went through, you know? And I think that that, that obviously comes out in your artwork as well. And if you're not willing to be vulnerable, like you're going to be inside your head, like all the time. And that's not, you know, like that's, that's why I think creativity is such an amazing thing it still allow it allows you, like you said, to not have to talk to people, but talk to them air quotes, you know, to be, to give them what you're dealing with as a human. Um, and so like, that's what in the long run, that's why I think that, that creativity is such an important aspect to not just like to veterans, to not just like athletes, but just to humans. I mean, like think about like right now, like in this time that we're living in with the pandemic, people are stressed out. They're anxious. Absolutely. Like, and, and there's no control really. And I I think creativity is like such an important thing right now because it does allow people to just kind of like turn everything down, get lost in that space, go off, create their own little comic strip or what, you know, whatever it is, write a, write a song or poem and, and be vulnerable with themselves yeah and that's i just it's it's i just think that it's it's just such a you know like your story is like so i think powerful because again like you're really telling people how this thing really 
you know, it, it is this therapy, but it's, it's now it's like really part of you, you know? And it is, it's, it's, uh, it's never, it's (laughs) never not going to be part of me. Right. Um, so that means that I have to continually develop it. You know, I have to keep pushing it. I have to keep trying to get better, trying to make things better, trying, trying to reach more people. Um, because I, I enjoy doing it myself. Uh, I enjoy the therapy that comes from it. I enjoy the, the being able to go into my studio and uh, turn on like a podcast or something like that and listen uh, and then create at the same time and just take I, – I feel sometimes you take yourself out of the situation so much. You yeah. occupy your mind and you let your hands and your eyes do something. Uh, you take out that whole, uh, I think a lot of, a lot of people judge themselves too harshly. Oh, of course. Uh, so <laughs> we're a, t- we're a <laughs> toughest, yeah. They, uh, they, um, <clears throat> even in their creative process, they, they start to question themselves and they make different choices. Uh, and I, I'm guilty of that as well. Um, yeah. but You're if I turn my, <laughs> I mean, yeah. You know? I, I turned the, the, I figured that the best time that I, the best way that to, for me to make, uh, to make as few, uh, second guesses as, as possible is I turn on something I want to listen to. Uh, and usually that's just somebody talking like this, you know, yep. it's an interview of somebody. I uh, can't, can't, if I'm, if I'm droning on to music that heavily affects the art that I'm making. Right. Uh, that's what that was like, going to be my next question. Like as we start wrapping up here, who who's your who's your favorite bands? Like what who do you listen to? Uh, so I'm <laughs> I'm super uh, I'm super weird. I think maybe not. Um, I have my dad was born in 1948, right? Right. So he grew up in the 50s, 60s, and 70s, and I listen to a lot of music from back then. Um, but I also spent a lot of time with my grandparents who grew up during the depression and during world war two. So I also listened to people like Glenn Miller. Wow. Um, wow. Yeah. You know? <laughs> uh, I, so my grandpa I mean, actually sat in with Glenn Miller. Really? Yeah. I think it was my Glenn. Miller. Now I'm trying to remember. If it was, I think it was Glenn. Yeah. The Glenn Miller band. He, he had this, he had, I, he died way too young. This is my mom's dad died. I think when I was like nine or 10, so I didn't get to know him, but he was a jazz musician and it would have been like really cool to be able to talk to him, you know, I, just cause of some, you know, the, some of the stories that he would have been able to tell. Yeah. That's, that's incredible. So, but that's kind of cool. Like I like that, I, that idea that again, you're, you're influenced by the ones around you. Yeah. You know? Well, and t- I again, I grew up in New Orleans, so you have like people like Louis Armstrong, oh, yeah, and, oh. and great so g- guitar players like Percy Sledge. Yep, and my gosh, you know, <laughs> right? You, I you, <laughs> can't you, go wrong you, with those guys, yeah. I mean, just like incredible, incredible artists themselves that just were able to, they were, they became like, you know, they were the governing authority of their, of their. Right field you know yeah um yeah of course you've got like people like elvis and um 
Uh, you really uh, truly are all over the place. That's awesome. I love all that. Over the place. Yeah, yeah. And, and I've got like little Richard and uh, but then all the way into the, the modern era too, like I have, you know, I, I have, you know, Metallica albums. <laughs> I have, uh, I have, you know, Rolling Stones stuff too, yep. like early and current stuff. I have a uh, band. I think that they actually just recorded a new song. I think they did too. Yeah. yeah. And actually it's um, pretty good. I'm not a huge Rolling Stones guy. Like I can name like, 50 other English bands that I prefer. <laughs> sure. yeah. But I mean, they're a great rock and roll. I, you know, I'm obviously not bad mathing them, but I, like, I'm more of like a Zeppelin guy than in black. Zeppelin Sabbath. is good. And like the who. Yeah. Oh, the who is that. just, Oh, they're, yeah. they're one of my favorite, ba- just favorite For bands sure. of all time. I just, I love that energy, but well, I even have I, like my, I even, uh, Richmond, I don't, I'm not even sure if it does now. But when I was in high school going in, in Richmond, yep. there was a big underground like punk scene. In oh, yeah. There, I and, mean, there, there was I moved here about 20 years ago and there's always been a big music scene here. I mean, yeah, Guar, Guar's from here. Bars and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. Me and Jackal. And when we were teenagers, That's you know, funny. they had all age shows that started before at like, yeah, they seven. started like five yep. or seven. Yeah. And then they would go to like nine and then they'd kick you out yeah. because it's like, right now it's time for us to make money. Yeah. You know? <laughs> sell that beer. Yep. Yeah. So like we would go and we saw bands like, uh, uh, fallout boy and gym class heroes and places bands like that before they were big came to Richmond yep. and played that theme. Yep. Um, and they were all on like fueled by ramen. That's just like the, you know, really <laughs> yeah, the, crazy little, little label. indie label. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but we we met all those people and hung out with them and did uh, did all kinds of crazy. We had friends of ours that we went to school that were also in a band that we would get into these shows. Um, but yeah, that's another part of my life that's really like random. And no, but and- I love that. I mean, like that's what's like so cool because I think, like you said, even before I asked the question, the the, the nice little segue about music is like you listen to music while you're working. And, and again, mm. that just helps you kind of disappear. Like I'm the same way. Like I put my headphones on or whatever. Like all my, all my paintings actually are named after lyrics and songs and mm. it's just random. It's just whatever I'm listening to. <laughs> it's just like, that's the name of the song or the painting. Yeah. And so like it, it is, it's, it's another component, I think to the, the creative, I don't want to say process, but I guess maybe process is the best way that, you know, like you're painting, you're working, you're doing your thing, music's in there, blah, blah, blah. And, and it just, it's all, it all feeds into that, that space. Yeah. I, I second guess myself a little less when I'm listening to something. Uh, and I won't, I won't be so, so quick to make changes, especially like if you're doing the one thing that is really was really hard for me to, to do was to leave oil paints alone. Right. <laughs> so I would get in there and it, you know, you're like blending yep. and stuff. You have such long working time and you walk away and you come back and you're like, Oh no, yep. I'm do yep. this. And you're like, wait a minute. No. And then you come back and you're like, wow, that's all Brown now. It's just <laughs> <not>. <laughs> it's awesome. Yep. 
yeah, yeah. That's, but that's, a learn, the, that's the learning of yeah. it. It's like, that's why, that's why I use acrylic paint. I'm too antsy. I can't. And that's a, literally another reason I, I tell this to students is like one of the bigger things as an artist to figure out your way of working. Like some people can work on one painting. I have to have 10 paintings going at the same time because sure. I would, I get kind of fidgety. And then I would, in my head, I would just like, I'd do something and it would just like, you know, not ruin it because obviously like the beauty about painting or whatever like anything creative is like just fix it you know like you never can there's no messing up like you just you know you move on you move through it and mm -hmm. so i don't know I, I i i feel i always just say i feel lucky that i'm able to do what i what i do because being an artist in, in some ways in the world although i think you know being a business owner i think is very creative and so like all these things that i get to do creatively it's like you know i mean i i chose it and everybody can choose this um but i think it's a you know like it's such a great choice because it it is it it helps us be who we are yeah you know well and the, the history of the world is is told through its art yep you can go back you ancient egypt their art is on the walls you can see it still today yep. the greeks the romans yep that's where you see the, where people were during that time, what was important to them at the time. Yep. You will always find that in their artwork, in, you know, in their writings and in, in their music from that period. Yep. Um, so I think that people need to understand and, and start, I say the word respect, but uh, it could, there's other words, but that's the one that came to mind, but respect where that art comes from and what it's telling. And don't be afraid, like you said, don't be afraid to, to start. Like that's, I think yeah. that's one of the bigger thing that you've said is just, you know, like take that chance, like to like, you know, like there's, there shouldn't, there's no fear in this, like, cause there's no right or wrong to it. It's just doing it. Absolutely. Okay. I have one more question. These sure. are important. What's your favorite place on the planet? It can be New Orleans, which might be New Orleans. <laughs> and then if it's New Orleans, you need to give me a food recommendation. <laughs> <laughs> we always try to get the, you know, I'll tell you what, and this is going to be a really weird answer. And a lot of people, I give this answer to a lot of people because I, people ask me that question often. Right. So, um, we, I always, we always try to ask weird questions at the end, just like the music question. What's your favorite, you know, music or whatever. I, I tell this to a lot of people. Uh, if it wasn't for the conflict, Afghanistan would be one of the best, most beautiful places yeah. in the world. Yeah. I've been I've been to a place at high elevation where there's a little waterfall that's been frozen for the past 200 years. Yeah. That's yeah, not melted. I've been to uh I've been on the ridge of uh, you know the Hindu Kush and looked into valleys and seen rivers and and things that are just beautiful. Uh, sorry to interrupt, but I was going to say it's interesting and I, I, I don't disagree. I think that that's actually a really beautiful answer, but it's interesting to think about that answer in terms of the conflict, like you just said, but in terms of the beauty. And I think that some of that comes into your work. You I know? think that it heavily influences it right. because I like where, and that kind of a little bit off on a tangent that kind of brings, uh, brings me to a point where, you had uh, World War II veterans. Uh, they could go back yep. to where they fought years later and see those places. And they had, and that's an experience in itself. Yep. Um, I, I don't know if 
veterans of these conflicts are ever going to be able to yep. do that. Yep. You know, there yep. that's the kind of closure that's not going to be afforded us right. at this time. Um, but uh, man, I do. I, I, I think my favorite place that I have access to, uh, believe it or not, would be uh, Disney World. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, because of the, not because I enjoy large crowds, I do not. Um, but every every single aspect of um, of their like architecture of their building their parks their stories their everything is telling you a story everything is there's a there's a piece of art on every inch of that property right uh and that might be weird coming from a 30 something combat veteran but like <laughs> i i love the creative process if you i'm we'll have to get you up here to the house so you can see our front facade that's on our house right now right. it looks like it's covered in pumpkins and things. <laughs> um, it's that time of the year. I'll let that go. It, it, it's crazy. Well, I'll send you a picture. You can. It, it's not even done yet. But, um, but I, I think uh, that's probably one of my favorite places. But if I had to pick one place where I was going to be removed and put there for the rest of my life, um, I think it would be have to be somewhere in you know the louisiana area yep. you know new orleans being a good spot um just because of man i that's i grew up around there the culture down there that is so you want to see a bunch of people that learned how to live together and get along pretty well you go to yep. new orleans and you'll find that, those people yep um it's a, it's the place where there's like a Baptist church on one corner and then there's like a voodoo priest that yep. practices over here yep. and they walk past each other to go to the, you know, the coffee shop every morning <laughs> and then, and they, they don't argue and yell at each other. I mean, there's conflict down there, but I mean, for the most part, you have a bunch of weirdos who just yep. live together and figure it out. Um, Be nice to get back to that. Yeah. <laughs> It would be, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, there's, uh, you know, you can't go wrong with the food down there either. No, I mean, no, no, no. good grief. You can go no. down there and, uh, just get lost yep. in the, the kinds of food that are available. Yeah. Yeah. Well, dude, th thank you. Like this has been, you know, really awesome. And like I said earlier, it's just good to see your face, um, and, and catch up a little bit and, um, this is just fun. Like, and you know, like as, as always, like I always just look forward to seeing new, new works of what you're doing. Um, you know, again, I think you are an inspiring person, you know, like, um, and I think we all are. I mean, I think what we're doing as, as a group, um, is hopefully helping change the world in some small way. Um, and that, and, that and I think you're, you know, like, a, you know, just, I, I always reiterate to everybody we work with, this isn't Chris and I, and the rest of you, this is all of us. Like, this is a stronger together thing. And I think, you know, again, what you do and, and the way you talk about it is just inspiring. And so like, you know, thank you for that. And, and thank you for, for telling your stories today. And, and it's just, it's been, it's been like really cool.
Phil. I had a blast. I really appreciate the opportunity to come on here. Um, and I appreciate the opportunity to, to be with you guys and to, to do these things. Um, yep. You know, the, the big part of, of for me is, is reaching other people um, uh, especially reaching, you know, veterans that, you know, we have a big problem with veteran suicide. Yeah. Oh yeah. Our artwork is, is a way that, that if that's the way that I can get to somebody's head, then, then that's what I'm going to do. And, yep. and you well, guys, you know, are- we're, we, you know, we're here to help, man. Like we're, we're, you know, we, we add new people into this fold as, as much as possible. And, and, you know, we're just, you know, want to get out of this pandemic time, but like, we're just excited about the future of what we're doing and, and the things we think we can help, you know, not again, not just veterans, not just athletes or former athletes, but just people, you know, I just think that this is, you know, so, well, dude, um, thank you. Tell, tell Jacqueline, thank you. Uh, and this will probably, probably a couple weeks. Um, and, um, I always put some music to it, so I'll I'll try to like make it a little bit more uh, more on the rock side, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and um, or maybe not. Maybe I'll do a little Glenn Miller type style styling. So, um, and it's all good here, yeah. man. So, um, but have you know, like we'll catch up again soon, um, as you know, like as we we got some you know things brewing, and we'll always let you know what's what's going on. We we've, we've been busy 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 during this time um because we're we're just not we're not going to sit here and wait for things to happen we're gonna we're gonna go make them happen call on me whenever man i'll i'll make it i'll move i'll move things around and make it happen well one of the things we're we're working on is um we're we're trying to buy some property um out in montana and start like a residency Um, oh that's cool so like you know in in the future like I think it's probably going to be up to like four people can go out and do workshops and stuff like that. So like that, again, like why it would be cool, like, you know, working with you is like to bring other veterans and like have a, you know, a veteran week or whatever. And, For sure. um, and, and we just really think that it's, it ends up being life changing stuff. So. Yeah, absolutely. So, all right. Well, dude, have a good day. When, when's your game? You guys have a game today, don't you? Is that why you're wearing your, LSU shirt. I think, oh. they, I think they play today, don't they? I think they, the SEC I, actually, starts. I have to check my schedule. I, I've been I've been so bad at keeping up with everything. I think I'm, the SEC starts today. If I if I'm if I remember, I'm gonna look right now. I gotta check that out. Because I thought I heard Alabama was playing, and I was like, oh, okay, the SEC. I'm just glad Ohio State or the Big Ten is now back. But I just Going you know for I, it now, yeah. All of it just makes – I don't want to say it makes me nervous because I don't think the athletes are really, you know, in too much trouble with COVID in, term, in terms of, like, seriousness. But, I mean, yeah. obviously the spreading of it um, is the big the bigger issue. But, like, I think high-level athletes, you know. But, I mean, again, like I saw – I read something – come on, open up. I read something that Dwayne The Rock Johnson had it, and he said he really struggled – yeah, that was great. I thought he he put out like a little video the other day and said like his whole his two daughters had it. He yeah. had they they were all and he was in the they were actually you know he's in production of yep. something right now too. So I mean that that somebody like that goes down that that 
sends a lot of people down, too. That's what I mean. It's like somebody that's – yeah, you guys play Mississippi State at 3.30. So get ready. Uh, here we go, right? <laughs> so, um, well, cool, dude. Like, as I said, we'll catch up soon. Um, I'll keep you up to date. Um, hopefully, I'm going to hear from this this realtor here pretty soon. Um, and we're just, I mean, it's just land. Um, so obviously, you know, like we're not, we don't have money to like do a whole hell of a lot of stuff on it, but sure. 20 acres of land. And we just figured let's, let's just get this thing started. And Absolutely. so we, lots of, lots of things are brewing. Um, excited as always to have you aboard, man. So I'm here, man. So, Anytime. Cool. All right. Well, be well. And we'll talk soon. Tell Jacqueline, thank you. And, and hi, and, and happy pumpkin placing. <laughs> right? Yeah. Okay, man. Take care. Take care. Bye. Bye. I want to say thanks again to Michael for jumping on the podcast today. Really, first of all, I want to you know say we appreciate his service, but also appreciate him uh, his time today and you know catching up and, and all the stories. It was just really great. Uh, make sure again to follow him on Instagram at tm goodrich art. That's t m g o o d r i c h art. Make sure again to listen to our new podcast on the Abstract Athlete Network, the Abstract Doctors with Dr. G and Dr. C. Follow us at theabstractdoctors.com and on social media under the Abstract Doctors and One Man's Ethos podcast with Tony Mandrich. You can follow us at onemansethos.com and on social media under One Man's Ethos. And make sure to catch up with Tony on Instagram at Tony Mandrich. And you can also check out his amazing photographs at TonyMandridge.com. Thanks for listening to the Abstract Athlete Podcast. Stop by our website, theabstractathlete.com, and our social media outlets for future events, pop-up exhibits, podcasts, and other information, including daily creative training journals and subscription boxes. See you next time. And, you know, I'm pretty, pretty excited about this to have a few of my former students who are doing some really great things in the world. Chris Gaines, who is the head video coordinator for the Virginia Commonwealth University men's basketball team. Tyrone Green, who is the head video coordinator for the LSU men's basketball team. And Johnny Williams, who is a former VCU basketball star and current professional basketball player. Thanks as always, and do not forget to exercise the body, and do not forget to exercise the mind. Stay well out there.